What up, what up, episode seven. I knew it this time. I knew it was seven. I believe you did. I'm looking yeah. dead in your eyes and you look convicted of <laughs> the fourth quarter podcast. Coda, here we are. Lucky number seven. Yep. My favorite number, actually. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Mine's 12. We'll be there soon. <laughs> I love it. I love that, dude. Seven's a great number, a great lucky number or favorite number as a sports fan because there's so many freaking good sevens in the world. Which great sevens. leads me to my question. Do you know whether KD is going to wear something in the double digits with the Suns or is he going to keep seven like he I had was, in Brooklyn? I was wondering that. I think seven would look great on a KD yeah. Phoenix jersey. Um, I'm wondering, is there a 35 on the Suns right now? I don't I know. Top I can't of my think head, of I don't one. know. Yeah. I mean, he might he might go back to the OG 35. I'd like that. I'd like to see it. Guys, there's uh there's our beginning of our banter here <laughs> as we consider the news of the week. KD had uh, a bit of an emotional like semi that wasn't really a press conference. It kind of no. looked like he was sitting in the middle of like their workout gym. Yeah. And like the media was kind of talking to him, but there's a lot of people making noise. Like where were they? It was it was very strange. I saw the video this morning. I was yeah. very confused on the setting. Yeah. Kevin Kevin Durant is an interesting cat, but either way, he's excited. He's a part of the Phoenix Suns. We're stoked to talk NBA. We actually have already prepped, recorded, had a bunch of people participate in our NBA communication. Unfortunately, there's just too much to do as we tie a lovely bow on this beautiful NFL season. Uh, yeah. And as we jump into just a few pieces of news, Coda, it really is kind of just a day and a week of getting excited about what's to come, whether mm-hmm. it's with the NBA or with the NFL. Here's a couple of pieces, though, uh, for the NFL. So, again, we were really on it with the coaching and the QB markets, right? Yep. And then there were two really big pieces that I've been kind of following that I think are really heating up. So one of them. I think the best hire, and I don't stutter there, even as a pseudo Broncos fan, the best hire of the coaching season has happened. And I believe that is Shane Steichen, the Philadelphia offensive coordinator, going to the Colts as their next head coach. Frankly, again, I say this all the time, but like you or I could be the quarterback of the Colts and we would be deeply productive with Shane Steichen. A hundred percent. No, I agree. I love the hire. Um, He was a soft name in the search for the chargers oc position too um so i did a ton of research i i love him i i feel like it would have been a bad move to go laterally to an oc position i'm glad he waited out to get a a head job um no i think he's gonna do great that's a fantastic hire it's gonna be fun and i think honestly he and kellen moore are probably two of the hottest young uh offensive gurus so it'll be really Mm -hmm. fun to watch their trajectories um, the other piece that I'm really excited about, it's going to mean that I'm wrong and that you're wrong if this does happen, but there's been a lot of speculation about Derek Carr ending up in the Carolinas and playing for the Panthers. Hmm. Most, most of the speculation comes from Colin Coward, who's one of my faves, but he has a lot of sources who are saying, uh, Frank Reich and Derek Carr, are both heavily religious people. A lot of people are very skeptical about the fit in New York for someone like a Derek Carr. I really liked him in New York in terms of a personnel situation. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, in terms of getting the reins from a good offensive mind like Reich, that could be a really fun pairing. 
No, I agree. And I don't think Carolina is a spot that either of us, yeah, predicted at all, even as a small option. Uh, but no, I think it makes sense. Um, yeah, that that's been quite the the saga to watch this whole Derek Carr situation. Very petty, very yeah. uh, toxic a bit, but uh, you know that's that's pro sports. And and what's the complete opposite of toxic is the last piece just to mention is that Aaron Rodgers is currently or may have just exited uh, sitting in pitch black for four straight days uh, on a, what he calls a darkness retreat or darkness and silence. I'm not sure, but he has declared that he'll have his intention set. Uh, to okay. use yoga language for where he wants to head next. Okay. I'm hearing a lot of uh, Rogers to the, to the Raiders. Uh, yeah. We'll see. Is that what you're hearing? Is that what you're thinking? That's what I'm hearing. It's what seems to make like the most logical sense to me. This all feels kind of like a charade to me. I don't even know if he went on a freaking darkness retreat. It feels like it's been a done deal for weeks, um, but I would not be like, overly shocked if he didn't end up there i still think the jets are a possibility um i like your titans kind of wild card pick going back a few pods that'd be fun uh but it seems it seems like it's been a done deal to to las vegas for a while now yeah we'll see man i mean honestly can you imagine dating this dude like literally (laughs) i my head is off to anybody who pulled that off because he just seems pretty high maintenance but anyway let's let's talk about some real football yeah, no, about something that matters. What a game. If uh, you don't know what we're talking about, I'm a little surprised you've been listening to this podcast. Uh, we just had the Super Bowl last weekend, and I'd say it lived up to the hype, would would you say? Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they, right? They scored more points than I thought they would, and I thought they were going to score a lot. No, I, I know we had, we'll get into it a little bit. We had some, you know, controversial officiating at the end. Uh I think, you know, it was probably the right call. I hate to say that. We'll get into that more. But no, great game. Halftime performance was fun. That's a big debate, apparently. Um, Where are some of your quick, maybe give me two or three quick jots right after the game that you felt when the clock hit zero? Well, I was rooting for the Eagles transparently, but I was far more impressed with the Chiefs. I think I would say that um, my my thought was, again, people are going to make a big deal about the calls. uh, Mm -hmm. But this game, frankly, should not have been as close as it was. But for some brilliance on the Steichen side of things, uh, seeing lots of really beautifully designed Eagles plays where they just busted up the corners of the Chiefs. I think that this should have been a very convincing Chiefs victory, like you said it was going to be, where they ran around way with it in the second half because they dominated the second half. Dot dominated, and and that the second half felt more like what I thought the whole game would feel like. Um, I feel like we had a young Eagles team that's that's really hungry in the first half, um, and a pretty beat up Chiefs team. Um, But that's kind of what I expected to see. That it just felt like going into the game, the Eagles were the popular pick, but the Chiefs had been there. Pat's been there. They know what it takes. Um, no, I, I I agree. I'm very, very impressed with the Chiefs this year. And that's a lot coming from a Chargers fan. You know, it's one of our biggest uh, interdivision rivals. Um, mm. But no, I think I said this last week or the week before. Patrick Mahomes is great. We all know it. This year solidified him for me. Um, the supporting Definitely. cast was nothing like it was for him the past few years. And he still won MVP. He didn't put up gaudy numbers at the Super Bowl, but he didn't turn the ball over, didn't yeah. make a bad play, threw three touchdowns, had that huge run in the fourth quarter when they needed it. 
I thought he was going to break that for a touchdown. That would have been incredible. Seriously. Um, no, just a really gutsy, gutsy performance. He's always been great. We know he's great. This year in this Super Bowl, I think, is what's kind of solidified him for me as like, he's going to be the GOAT most likely in my head. Yeah. You know? Well, can I hit you with two pieces here? Yeah, hit me. Because that's honestly the perfect tee up to the things I wanted to say. So one, the Chiefs are very, very good at coaching. That was incredibly obvious. We saw a lot of plays where they just out-schemed the Eagles. Yep. And that makes sense, given the fact that, including the Super Bowl, this is a stat from Nick Wright, my other favorite uh, host of Sports Pods, uh, yep. the Chiefs have either won or lost every game for the last 33 games by four or less points. You have to be good at scheming to pull off that. Yeah. Wow. Right? Think about wow. all the success they've had, and it's with razor-thin margins. Razor-thin. Pivoting, a stat that my good friend Tim Clark shared with me. If we were to put Mahomes and Brady side-by-side side at age 27, both have two rings, yep. both have two Super Bowl MVPs. However, that's where Mahomes is starting to really uptick from Brady, right? Because he's made it to three more Pro Bowls, okay? He's thrown almost or I don't know if it's thrown. The stat didn't make it clear, but he's accounted for almost a hundred more touchdowns. One would assume wow. that includes the feet of Mahomes. Yeah. Um, three less picks and about ten thousand more yards for Mahomes Ooh. at age twenty-seven. Right? Yeah. I mean, if you put that on paper, you would say it's not even close. You know? Right. Um, right. Which feels like a crazy thing to say. Um, but no. And once again, I will continue to preface. This is a hard thing for me to say as a Chargers fan, but even as a Chargers fan, the dude is ridiculously good. And I think that's the thing. I can't kind of keep going back to it. I feel like every year in his career, you've looked at him and there's been the naysayers of it's a system. Put him anywhere else. He wouldn't put up these numbers. Dude, you look at who he's throwing to this year, like outside of Travis Kelsey, like he's not a system. He's just that good. He's one of those. He's like, this is sports reference basketball. Steve Nash, my favorite player of all time. He's a dude who just made everyone around him better. Right. I think there's this statistic. When we get into NBA, we'll talk about it more. I'd love to do Steve Nash segment. It's coming, guys. There was a statistic. I think it was like 11 players in the NBA had their career highs in points when they played with Steve Nash. So he's just, that's how I view Pat Mahomes. I think he's like a Steve Nash type player that just makes people good. Yeah. He's making McCole Hardman. He's making Juju Smith. He's making them look like they're owning the Super Bowl. You know, it's just, I, I'm very impressed. Um, yeah, and, Isaiah Pacheco is a seventh round running back. Seventh round running back. And that's what I'm saying. Like, people are like, oh, they get lucky. No, they're playing with Patrick Mahomes. Like, we can't ignore that he's just making people really, really good. Yeah, um, yeah I'm super. You're going to have like Tyreek Hills. He's going to go and do what he does. But yeah, you have the Pacheco's like, it's it's a counterproduct of Mahomes being as good as he is. The Nash comparison is uncanny. Again, this is why I love doing this pod with you. But I mean, it's <laughs> like a lot of folks would say um, like a Garoppolo type is more of like a Chris Paul, right? A Brock yeah. Purdy, right? I'm a distributor. That's what the Niners want. They want you someone who's going to get them the ball, a pass first point guard, right? Yep. Obviously, quarterbacks pass the ball. I like Nash because Nash was also in a very accomplished scorer, someone yep. who could be an MVP, which Chris Paul has not been. 
right? Yeah. But also really elevated people. I think of Mahomes and Kelsey. Kelsey's number two all time in receiving yards in the playoffs. I'm like, are you freaking kidding me? He's yeah, a ridiculous. tight end. He's a tight end, ridiculous. and he's not a top five receiver type of all time. No, no but not somehow all. statistically, he's been elevated. So no, unreal. Uh, yeah, Patrick Mahomes, the goat. Um, something else I want to talk about too, and I don't know if you have the answers to these. You and I did some prop bets last week, and we're going to go through some of them that we did. I'm very curious. I don't have the answers. I don't know if you have them. I think I know the answers to some of them, regardless. Um, so we're going to go through this a little bit. We're going to start with one of mine. The national anthem over under 121.5. There's no way it wasn't under, right? I was so salty about this, Coda, and I will go to my grave thinking Chris Stapleton was looking me dead in my eye socket saying, Ben, I'm going to make it as close as possible. But you're Was it close? The bet. Coda, it was at literally 121 seconds even. No, you're kidding. Two minutes and one second. I timed it my personal self, <laughs> and he was a half second under this bet. I'm oh like, my gosh. The dude wow. held Brave. Brave has I never been it. held that long by Chris Stapleton in his life. He just was being silly. So yeah, National Anthem, it. you absolutely hit on that one. Congrats. Okay, okay. So that's one for me. So we're yeah. going to move to one of yours right now. Okay. First turnover. Who did you have here? Because I can't, I'm looking at mine. I can't remember who I had. Who'd you have? So I also nailed this one. So this was okay. a fumble. And this was a very oh, dramatic. Oh, interception, yeah. Do you remember this? Very dramatic moment. Yeah. Jalen Hurts rolling to his right. Somehow the ball all of a sudden is not in his hand. Uh, yep. And Nick Nick Bolton, right, of the uh, – is it Nick Bolton? Is that right? Yeah, it was Nick Bolton. Why does that sound like the guy in High School Musical? <laughs> Troy Bolton? Oh, there you go. Good. Yeah, I was, was really Bolton, worried yeah. about that. Yeah, Troy Bolton <laughs> comes out of nowhere for the Wildcats, scoops <laughs> that ball up. Huge game changer. That was a huge momentum shift. Uh, and I was spot on. Fumble, you're welcome. All right, all right. So 1-1 one, one at the moment. I know this one for me was one that I lost. And very surprisingly, I didn't expect this. I said Rihanna would have a special guest. And I even went as far to say it would be Eminem, maybe Jay-Z, maybe Calvin Harris. Uh, she had no special guest. So that's that's a negative for me. I don't know. Did you say she was going to have a special guest? So I said she would not be accompanied. Um, wow. How, however, no, 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 no. Okay. Well, let me, re- okay. let me move back on that one. Okay. I'm completely wrong. I actually said the opposite. I said, has there ever okay. been someone not accompanied? Where I have put my foot down is she was accompanied on stage by her oh child. Oh, my God. By her Don't new even, child. And it was <laughs> awesome. We'll return to this. So yes, we will no. return to this. No, no not technically, musically. no. Technically, yes. no, yeah. Okay, then we're going to head to this. What color? I didn't see this. What color was the Gatorade? This is one of yours that you had. I haven't Googled this, but I'm going to go with either. the eye test. It looked like water. Looked like water. Oh, It looked like water. They're they're healthy on that sideline. They're healthy on that sideline. Yeah, line. what are they even Gatorade doing? Gatorade is terrible for you, but dang, so no color. I guess no we'll color. just count that as a draw for us. I think okay. we'll count that as a draw. Yeah, but it okay. was technically okay. mine. So I technically am one and one at this point. Okay, that's fair. Ooh, what did you have here? No team would score in the last two minutes because I already know I lost this because I said no. 
So you did say no, and I said yes, because I was anticipating, like I said, um, a, a touchdown to, to switch it, right, rather than the game-winning field goal. I thought that that would happen earlier, and then the team would heroically score the touchdown at the end. But Brutal. it didn't go my way. I was one minute away yep. probably from that happening. Well, see, my thing was the way the second half went was how I thought the whole game was going to go. So I didn't yeah. think there was going to be a need for anyone to score in the last two minutes regardless. Yeah. Um, but no, that's a loss for me. Um, we, we both know the answer to this one. And I think we both said over 50 points, no? We did. We did. Okay. Absolutely. And it you was know, well well over. Yeah, we're not doing too bad here, actually. No, um, no. We have one more, and it's going to lead into our next little discussion. What did we say the first song each of us was going to be in the halftime performance? You said... I said, what's my name? Because again, I was going in with like a little mm. bit of like a vibe, but not like yeah. bring the house down kind of stuff, which I yeah. think she still accomplished with, um, was it the song, uh, the word better have my money still trying to the keep this a clean, clean podcast here. Uh, uh was a yeah, great intro. It was cause I had, where have you been? And yeah. Yeah. So we were both wrong there, but that leads me into our next discussion. Ben, I know this is something you felt very strongly about. Um, you called me yesterday and you were almost emotional about it. Um, <laughs> how are you feeling post halftime performance? Give me your thoughts. So you may notice that I've never participated in any of our social media endeavors uh, with this <laughs> lovely podcast. And and part of that is because I just don't really like social media. Yeah, uh, and because of that, I was unaware there was any controversy around Brianna's <laughs> halftime performance, which uh, the lovely Annie and Coda brought to my attention. And I just wanted to put my foot down at the top of the hill and say that was a great Super Bowl performance for several, several reasons. One, okay. Brianna is a queen. She is absolutely incredible at performing. She absolutely makes you feel like you are wherever she is. She was looking at the camera. She was turning her body. She was like rocking the belly saying like, look, I'm pregnant. It's really obvious. She yep. was still dancing and still moving around. I know a lot of probably the feedback again that I don't read because I don't care about the haters was probably that there was not a lot of moving or dancing. I'm sorry. Yeah. She's pregnant. Second of all, it's her Super Bowl. I don't care if she's accompanied or not because it was her opportunity. And so I think what she did with what she did with the Michael Jackson like moves from the people in white hoodies, I yeah. thought it was more focused on the fact that she was the halftime performer, which was the absolute polar opposite of what happened last year, where everyone and their mother was the halftime performer. So I thought for those that really wanted to see someone who's an artist at their craft, it was great. And she figured out how to sample way more than nine and a half songs. I agree. That was time. impressive. Uh, we really should have bet on that one because that wasn't, I would have sent under for sure. That was very, very impressive. Uh, well, thank you for that, Ben. I'm sure that's going to make the rounds on social media. Everywhere. <laughs> um, to wrap up this little segment, uh, I wanted to go through the Manuka and Mrs. and Me. If you haven't listened to the podcast, this is where both Ben and I, our wives, Annie and Shannon, and I always say it, the most beautiful, best dog in Los Angeles to share our picks for the upcoming weeks. Um, this is really sad looking at this. Um, I'm also really proud, but pretty sad because I'm tied for last. We're going to go up the ladder here. Yeah. So sitting tied for third, which makes us all sound better that we all got mm -hmm. top three, is me, 
most beautiful dog in Los Angeles, Manuka and Shannon, both all at six and seven. So not even terrible, about a little under 500. Yeah. Yeah. Then we got Ben at second, a hair above that at seven and six. Then we've got Annie Power Thrash at nine and four, really running over the competition, seeing in first place. I don't understand how she does this. Um, She does this with March Madness, too. We pick brackets every year, and somehow she always had a better score than me. Does not make any sense. Um, Quickly, Ben, do you have any quick reactions to those rankings? It's just intuition, man. I mean, uh, I'll say I think Shannon just wanted to be different. I don't think she cared what my (laughs) pick was with the Eagles pick. And she would have been a strong seven and six if she had gone with the Chiefs, which was the popular pick, I think. Um, Manuka really, really came from behind here. I think she went like three and one in her last four picks or something like that. I was really impressed with her learning. Um, and yeah, Coda, I think, uh, this kind of shows what we're trying to embody in this podcast, which is that even the everyday sports fan can have a lot of success with spending zero time really caring about how and why just making a blind pick. So way to go, Annie. We celebrate Way to you. go, Annie. Way to go. All right, moving on, Ben, take this one. We're just trying to wrap up just this great NFL season. We got a couple more segments here. Hit me with this one. Absolutely. And, Coda, I mean, truly, I don't know if I have enjoyed an NFL season more than the one we just had. And I think, frankly, great. it really has been. Like, frankly, it was a very fun Super Bowl, which is a, mm-hmm. the beautiful culmination from a – a victory from a team that no one expected to win at the start of the year. Mm-hmm. Having said that caveat, they do have the most talented player in the league. So it's not surprising, yeah. but this was not supposed to be the chiefs year. I'm putting in quotations, right? Yeah. Next year was supposed to be their year to so watch out. And I think we'll reflect that in our power ranking as well. But yep. I, I really love this. Coda came up with some really creative awards, right? This is not your typical podcast and therefore we're not going to have your typical awards. Um, but I wanted to just go through them uh, and hear from Coda. I'll then chime in with a couple of mine. Uh, there's so many answers to all of these this year because I think there was so much parity and so much opportunity, and we're only heading towards a better NFL. So yeah, love this season. The next one's going to be even better. Let's kick off our awards with Coda, your most unimproved player. Yeah, I'm glad you said it. I was thinking about these and I felt like there were so many options for each of them. Um, This one, I actually very recently on the ride home today settled on Mr. Mac Jones is who I settled on. Wow. I don't think Mac was necessarily tearing up the league. Perhaps he wasn't putting bad numbers up last year. He's putting numbers up where you're like, Hey, you know, this guy's making some throws. He's putting up some decent numbers. Dude, what the heck happened this year? It was so bad. Like, it wasn't even up and down. It was just, like, not good. Yeah. Um, and I think it even puts that whole franchise in a totally different light now because you have this guy where you're like, he's not putting up gaudy numbers, but they might have a guy they can stick with and develop. This year now, it's like, ooh, I don't know. The Patriots might need to find something different. So I was going to go Mac Jones there. I also thought Deshaun Watson, that could have mm-hmm. been a good pick. I even thought Kyler Murray. I know injury issues are different, but I feel like for Kyler, this was kind of a year where it's like, maybe he's not the guy, like, just does. It seems to be plateauing a little bit. Um, so yeah. not like unimproved, just like, 
there. It's just yeah. Kyler Murray. He's not really improving in any way. It's kind of those three guys are who I felt I could go with. I settled with Mac. I'm curious to see who you think. Those are great and, and set mostly different than what I had, which I love. I also had Kyler. I'll, I'll give a quick shout out to Josh Gannon, who just got hired as the new Cardinals head coach. Yep. Not an offensive guy himself, but he said, hey, I can't wait to bring in an offensive guy who's going to work really well with our dynamic. I think he called him elite QB today, which I strictly agree disagree okay. with. Okay. Um, couple quick hitters for you. Two in the okay. NFC, two in the AFC. I'm not going to spend a ton of time. Matt Stafford. What yeah. a terrible defense of a Super Bowl. Again, injury, not a big team. deal. Dak Prescott totally had an opportunity with a very talented Cowboys team. Totally crapped the bed yeah. there. And then in the AFC, those Wilson QBs, Russell Wilson, talk about underperforming for expectations. Talk about losing people a lot of money in Vegas. Yeah. And Zach Wilson, barely underperforming. Barely unimproved because he already was terrible, but yeah. he put just about everything about his career in jeopardy this year. Totally. That's a great caveat there because I was thinking strictly numbers and I thought about Zach and I was like, he didn't really not improve because he was kind of exactly the same, but you're right. The social stuff, the team stuff, that was almost just as bad. So that that's an interesting take there. Let me hit you with, the 22-23 surprise team of the year. For me, um, I don't think it was the Lions. I know a lot of people probably think it was the Lions. Um, I was pretty high on them. You and I made predictions coming in the season. I had the Lions doing a little better than most people had them. Um, yeah. I think it's the Giants as a surprise team of the year. Um, and not even because they should have been really bad. They just shouldn't have done as well as they did. Like yeah. They felt like a kind of eight and nine seven and ten team to me going into the season but they played so well i mean they ended the season sour no eagles eagles and chiefs were clearly the best two teams in the league in my opinion i loved what the giants did this year i'm going to save this because perhaps someone else in the giants is going to win another one of these awards for me um but yeah it was either the giants or um the lions for me but no i went to the giants here I think uh, I know exactly where you're going, and I, I think you're spot on there, partly because I think this individual is a large reason why the Giants were the surprise team of the yeah. year. I totally would get behind that nomination. I'm going to give my NFC award to the Eagles. Um, fair, fair. I think a lot of people were high on them. I don't think anybody had them in the Super Bowl. So I'm going to yeah. go ahead and just say good on them. They were doubted at every stage. Went ahead and yeah. got that 14 and three record with a pretty, pretty cupcake schedule. But then they beat the big boys in the playoffs and went toe to toe with the best player in the league in, in Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, um, Jaguars. Jaguars are my surprise team of the year. Again, I think similar to the Eagles, there were rumblings of them having success. Mm -hmm. I don't think people had them ousting the Titans to make it in and then getting a win against the Chargers. Again, I yeah. know it's sensitive. And really yes. going toe to toe against Mahomes again. Really? It was in, it was injured Mahomes, but it was in Kansas City, something that not even the Eagles had to do. So yeah. I think that they were a really fun team. And let's um, let's go right into Coach of the Year, and you can kind of continue on the train. Yeah. Around. Well, let me say an honorable mention here would be Doug Peterson, yeah. great coach. Obviously, like you just said, Jaguars, great story this year. Even though it is a little painful for me to admit. Coach of the year, gotta be Brian Dable. 
What a job. What a job. And to do it with someone who I have proclaimed as an elite quarterback, <laughs> but in hindsight have understood is not an elite quarterback. Great job. Genuinely a great job. Really feels like he got the most out of every player on that team. Um, I'll, I always bring stuff back to the Chargers. He could have been OC for the Chargers a couple years ago. Um, but, you know, the Chargers just continue to charge their life away. Um, but, no, Brian Dayball, what a job. What a job. Thank God the Chargers got Kellen Moore. I feel like that was just God. the opposite of what they usually do. So well done. Yes. Um, I will go ahead and just acknowledge, tip my hat to the to the Dayball pick. I think that's the right one. Um, I'm going to give it to Sirianni because I think that yeah. ultimately he's not Andy Reid. He's not Doug Peterson. He's not Brian Dable. I think he had to absolutely put in the hours to be yeah. the coach of the year this year. I don't think he has it in him necessarily. Also, I'm still a sucker for emotion. And this guy was weeping at the national anthem. I don't know I if know. you saw that. I saw oh, that. Oh, wow, Coda. It was beautiful. I saw that. Yeah. Well, let's transition. I'm really excited about this one because, guys, we put our heads together and we thought the best way to wrap up this season would be to look ahead to next season. And the best way to do that is kind of an outgoing power ranking from which we'll pick it up when we come back to next season when we're on episode, like, what, 50-something? Who knows? Um, (laughs) Okay, so Oda and I each made our own rankings, um, but we did come up with a a power rankings uh, that we – organized aggregated um and and i the way i wanted to go through it coda is let's look at the top five um and then i'll pause and you can kind of make some comments on them i'll maybe chime in um but then we'll look at six through 15 which i think six through 15 are much more fun because i think we had some much much greater disparity okay yep so at number one and again i will say our top four were the same teams but in different orders unanimously the chiefs we don't need to spend much time on them except for to say gosh are they favored for next year and it's probably not close um wow number two we came in with the eagles again not to be stereotypical with the runner-up i think this will probably just to give a nugget really really have to do a lot with whether or not Jalen Hurt gets the Jalen Hurts gets the bag or whether yeah. he has a team friendly deal and decides hey I'd rather have people join our team or stay with our team because I think they have seven free agents on the defense this year yeah. um number 3 we had the Cincinnati Bengals okay and again this is where we had a little disparity between the two of us um which we can address in a second uh, the Bengals, again, lost to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. And the loser of the NFC Championship game was the 49ers, who got absolutely dominated by the Eagles in Philadelphia. Um, number five. In fact, let's do number five yeah. and number six. Okay. So number five was the Bills. And number six was the Jaguars, which are yep. interesting picks here. Because uh, it kind of gets a little saucy as we get out of the championships yep. of each AFC and NFC. So. I'll pause there with our power rankings of Chiefs, Eagles, Bengals, 49ers, Bills, Jags. Yeah, I feel good with where we've landed. Also, to add on our Instagram, fourth quarter podcast, we'll be posting both of our specific power rankings. So you can see a little bit of where we differed. Um, We both had Chiefs unanimous, obviously. Um, I think probably the spiciest pick here 
uh, is the Jaguars ending up here in the sixth spot. Um, and it was hard for me to put them above the Chargers. But I think the way I see that organization moving forward is I think Trevor Lawrence proved he's a dude. To throw four interceptions in the first half of playoff game and then come back and throw four touchdowns and win, they get like ridiculous. He proved he's a dude. And they have a defense to back them up. I think that's like that balance. As I, that's why they kind of, I'm kind of giving away where the charges are here, but that's why they kind of separated themselves. Cause I yeah. don't, as a Chargers fan, I can tell you, we're not nearly as balanced. And without yeah. balance, you're just not going to play as well. Look at both the Eagles and the Chiefs. Chiefs' defense isn't nearly as good, but they're formidable. They're good enough. You have right. to find that balance. So I think that's probably the spiciest pick, but I think they've got a great future. Yeah, I love it. I mean, I, I had him at five and you had him at seven. So aggregated, they dropped down to six. But I would say we're probably as high on them as just about anybody in the country. Yeah. Like to remind the entire country that Calvin Ridley is a member of the Jaguars. Calvin Ridley was the star of the Falcons receiving core besides bes- yep. before he decided to be a complete idiot and bet on the NFL, yep. which is like the golden rule of what not to do. Um Kota, what about um, the Jaguars' uh, competition for that spot, right? The Bills at five, and then we had the Chargers. I'll reveal that. That was our number seven team. What do you think makes the Bills slightly better than the Jaguars and then the Chargers slightly worse than the Jaguars and the Bills? Yeah. I I feel like these three teams for me right now, especially moving forward into next year, feel a bit similar. Um, I think the Bills and the Chargers a little more have more questions. The Jaguars seem a little more solidified right now. Right. But I gave the Bills the five spot based on kind of seniority. I think they have a little more experience. Obviously, if I'm choosing between Josh Allen and Trevor Lawrence, I'm probably going to go with Josh Allen. I just think on paper, they've got the experience. They've been there. I'm giving them like the benefit, the benefit of the doubt right now, I think. Yeah. But I honestly feel like the Jaguars and the Bills – based on how the season ended going to next year are kind of interchangeable for me. Um, and then moving down to the chargers and it's our room for me to admit, there's just still questions. Uh, yeah. The offense should be better next year with Kellen Moore. I don't know what the defense is going to do. Um, there's a lot of really interesting free agency roster moves. Keenan Allen's kind of in jeopardy of not even being on the team. It's just, it's very, I mean, they're seeing it seven for me, for me right now, but depending on what happens in free agency, I mean, that could go down to 10, 11, could go up to five or six. You just don't know. Um, so I'm giving the Bills the benefit of the doubt. I think the Jaguars are really solid, and the Chargers just have too many questions for me right now. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just really interesting to think about as we look at our top seven, right? We've got the Chiefs offensive coach. We've got the Eagles defensive coach, Bengals defensive coach, 49ers offensive coach, Bills defensive coach, Jaguars offensive coach, Chargers defensive coach, which is very odd because basically this league is dominated by offensive coaching. And this probably will play into how we look at next year and think about maybe who makes the playoffs, which we'll address in a little bit here. Um, Let's move into our eight through 15, right? So again, what's funny about 15 is it just kind of is where we think about putting a top whatever, but only 14 teams are going to make the playoffs because we are so good at what we do. We actually have eight AFC and seven NFC teams in our top 15, meaning we've already, we've already given you next year's playoffs based (laughs) on this year. Right? And knowing our track record, this will be 100% correct. Of you course. can take this to yeah. the bank. 
8 through 15, here we go. At 8, we have, and this pains me to say, the Dallas Cowboys. Number 9, the Giants. Number 10, we have the Lions. So that's our top 10 with those three NFC teams rounding it out. We then go to 11, the Vikings. 12, the Dolphins. 13, the Seahawks. 14 and 15 are the Ravens and the Steelers, meaning three of our top 15 are in the AFC North, which I would say makes us probably pretty uncommon as well. Yeah. Um, Coda, in the eight through 15 uh, slots, uh, let's just look at this in terms of your picks and my picks. Um, I wanted to say you. So obviously you had the Steelers in at 15. I had the Packers at 15. What makes you so confident the Steelers are going to be a part of the top 15? Yeah, uh, you know I'm a bit of a Kenny Bickett truther, Pickett truther. <clears throat> I just like what they're building there. Um, I think they've got a young team, um, lots of talent, lots of potential. It really feels like one of those teams that could absolutely fall on its face or be one of the surprise New York Giants, uh, Miami Dolphins type teams next year. Um, I really like Kenny Pickett. I really do. I know if you look at his numbers on paper, it doesn't look great. If you watch him play, especially in key moments, last two minutes, he looks really, really good. Looks like he knows what he's doing. Very confident. Um, There's always a surprise team. This year it was the Giants. For the first half of the year, it was the Jets. I think it's going to be the Steelers next year. I love it. Well said. I'll jump in and say, so our number 10 team which again is going to come off as very aggressive to people is the Detroit lions. I had them at 11 above the Vikings at 12 and above the Packers at 15. So I'm definitely the highest on them. Mm-hmm. I have them, I guess, winning the NFC North this year, which is a pretty bold thing to say. I will say yeah. the Vikings were escape escape artists in a way that the chiefs were this year by winning a bajillion close games. I think it was 11 in a row. Yeah. Um, I think Detroit is really on to something. I think Dan Campbell has an incredible amount of chemistry in that building. I think he's a he's a man's man. I think Goff has done well with the pieces given to him. Aiden Hutchinson's got that defense on lock. Yeah. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on that, but I really want to hear you speak to um, both the Dolphins and the Vikings. So you had the Dolphins at 13, considerably lower than I did. Yeah. And you had the Vikings at nine, considerably higher than I did. So why are you high on the Vikings? Why are you low on the Dolphins? I'll give you one reason for the Vikings. I think there's more energy with that organization. I think Justin Jefferson is a generational receiver. I think he makes Kirk Cousins look a lot better than we think he really is. Um, I also can't remember how much they have. They're in a pretty good position cap space-wise as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm curious to see if they bring in anyone. And that's the thing about the Vikings. Right now, I'm talking like next year, I think in the regular season, the Vikings are going to do well. That's about what they usually do. I'm not sure what they're going to do in the playoffs next year or in 2024. I think regular season, the roster is going to be very similar. They already gel. I see them being a top team. They probably get 11, 12 wins again next year. The Dolphins, I just don't know if I really believe in. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not even necessarily a skill or a talent or a potential thing. I don't know if I trust Tua to stay healthy is is the issue. Um, When Tua is healthy and he's put in positions to be successful, he's really good. Um, 
But I don't think Tua is a dude that you can ask to just go out and make things happen. Um, I think we see that from the Burroughs, Herberts, Mahomes, the Allens, Trevor Lawrence now. We don't really see Tua in a really bad situation be really successful. Mm-hmm. Um, I think McDaniels is a fantastic coach, a fantastic schemer. I think he knows how to get the most out of Tua. Um, but I don't know if I really trust Tua health-wise or even skill-wise to really take the Dolphins to that next level. So that's where I had them, where I had them. I love it. I love it. Well, I'm going to take us away from the power rankings. I think, thank you, Coda, for what you had to offer. Again, we'll make those available to you guys on this thing called social media that I don't really comprehend. <laughs> um, I wanted to just say, again, Coda it has nine of his top 15 were AFC teams. I had eight of my 15 as NFC teams. Can you tell which teams are our favorites and what conferences that they lie in? <laughs> I think it kind of does show our biases a little bit. A little bit and we yeah. spend a lot of time watching. So yeah. um, let's do this fun little exercise briefly based on a yeah. notion that I have had ingrained in me again by Professor Colin Coward. Historically, Coda, seven yep. playoff teams do not make the playoffs the following year. Okay. And so what I did is I put on the screen for us um, this year's playoff teams. And we need to do a lot of work here in a very short amount of time. I'll do some, and then I'll give you some as well. Um, The easy piece here is we took out the Bucks and we inserted the Lions. That's the only one that we did. So that's one. We got to find six more. Here's one that I'll add, and then I'll I'll pass it to you on the fly, okay? Um, this one's not particularly difficult, right? But I said that the, um, the Vikings are not going to make the playoffs next year. That's because I have the lions making it in their spot and no other team from the NFC North making it in. Here's my other new team. Also the only team from their division, which kind of shows my hand with a couple other of these conferences, divisions like the East and the West, shall we say. And this is the Carolina Panthers led by Derek Carr and Frank Reich winning the NFC South. They come in um, instead of the Vikings. The Lions come in instead of the Bucks. Obviously, that doesn't make total sense. But there you go. Two for two. Yeah. Okay. I I like those. I could see either of those teams making the next year. If I'm looking at the NFC as well, a team that I know you're pretty connected to that I would really love to see succeed and I think could, I think has the unfortunate um, reality of being in a really tough division is your Washington Commanders. Yeah. Um, I really think they're really good. I think they have a ton of potential. I think they could compete in the playoffs, but they're going up in, you know, Giants, Cowboys, Eagles. I mean, that is a ridiculously hard division to break through. So I yeah. would say the Commanders. Um, but no, I think a surprise team. I like the Panthers. I could see anyone really from the NFC South kind of breaking through because it was such a bad division regardless. Everyone was kind of exactly the same. Um, They were kind of my surprise pick this year, but I could see the Falcons breaking through in the NFC South next year. They're going to stick with Ritter. I think he showed some good stuff. They've got a lot of weapons on that team, especially on offense. Um, They didn't really look terrible at all this year. They just looked really normal. Um, Yeah. So from the NFC, I think those are two teams to watch out for. Okay. I love it. Yeah. Maybe we can consolidate this uh, when we look back at this and come together for the next season. 
I, I think I'll just I'll just throw one more thought in there. Okay. Um, is I don't think that we're going to see another year where the Rams and the Cardinals are as bad as they are. Um, and I don't I don't believe in the Seahawks either. So I would say that that's probably going to be a lot of the changes, partly because the AFC is so top heavy. But I'm going to challenge you here. Okay. Um, do you see the Steelers taking the Ravens spot as the new AFC team? It depends. Um, I mean, I think it's pretty topical. It depends on where our guy Lamar Jackson ends up. Um, I think if he's still a Raven, um, my gut and head would tell me it's going to be the Ravens. I think if Lamar Jackson leaves Baltimore, that spot is completely up for grabs by anyone. I think it would be the Steelers because I I think they're kind of – I mean, they were literally this close to making the playoffs this year regardless. Um. If Lamar Jackson stays, Ravens will keep it. If Lamar Jackson leaves Baltimore, I think Pittsburgh takes that spot. I love it. I absolutely love it. I'll just give you my last two nuggets. Yeah. So I've heard, um, again, we've heard for a bit that there's a possibility Lamar Jackson could go to the Falcons. The one that I'll kind of leave as we wrap the NFL season up is, guys, be watching the draft and be watching the lead up to the draft. One mm-hmm. wild move that could happen based on salary cap and people not believing in their guy anymore the Chicago Bears, I've heard some people say they might ship Justin Fields to Atlanta and then yep. move down to the eighth pick and still be able to do a lot with that. Yep. Um, I could actually see that happening because Fields, I believe, was in his third year, potentially. It might be his second year. I think year. it was his second. And so that means he's coming up on one yep. more season before payday because I think yep. Hertz is on his going into his fourth year and therefore about to be paid. So, yeah. Um, really could be an interesting piece in that South that's completely wide open. Maybe Garoppolo will become a buck. I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, now I'm just spewing nonsense. So <laughs> well, no, I, I, I love it. Um, what a great year. What a great season. Um, we're wrapping up the NFL for now. Obviously there'll be free agency. We're going to have the NFL draft. We'll talk about it again, but moving forward, something we're going to watch coming up next week is the beautiful NBA all-star game. Something that the NFL can learn a lot from is this all-star game. Uh, So tune in, check that out. We're going to have some special guests next week and let us know what you think. Maybe send some questions. We'll try to make that fun. And yeah, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening.